world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex Podcast. And this is the Into the Apex Podcast, another episode. Tyler Beeman here with Bradley Beeman, as always. And we finally welcome in Rob Gregar from our Canadian team driver and team administrator. And uh, kind of want to intro him now. He'll join us regularly on Into the Apex and be a part of it. Uh, so we'll get into some different iRacing topics today and, and talk a little a uh, little more rig talk probably. Uh, but to intro Rob, uh, Rob, you were the first team driver to join our team as we kind of brought it back to life uh, back in March, April of this year, uh, the pandemic kind of hit. And I know you got brand new, you started brand new into iRacing right around that time as you found us. Yeah, exactly. I'm pretty much fresh into it about six months ago and kind of now crossed the Rubicon into the enthusiast category. And uh, yeah, it was just us originally, the kind of three amigos running oval mostly. <laughs> Until we took that a first uh, adventure into the 24 hours of Le Mans. But yeah, I guess it's kind of just been history since then and the team's blown up. Yeah, the 24 hours of Le Mans changed everything with Mad Sim Racing as a sim racing team. I mean, starting out, we were just in Cyber Thunder. You joined us and uh, started in the uh, Rising Stars Development Series. Uh, before joining iRacing and kind of getting into sim racing, had you done any kind of sim racing before over the years? No, not well, no, not really, not at all. Um, I remember whenever I first got my wheel, and then I realized, like, oh, I have a VR set, and I didn't really even put that together that it was gonna, I was gonna be able to play in VR. Um, and then I played that, and I think I bought Project Cars 2, I think, <laughs> yeah, and immediately just started looking at okay i was like what's the best sim racing game out there and i have a friend who is really big into flight sims mm. and he was like you ever hear i racing and i looked at it and did a bit of reading watching youtube and then yeah that's pretty much the only thing i've played since and you've already upgraded i mean you're less what, what would it be six months or maybe a little more a little less into it already upgraded your rig already have a new uh, Ferrari wheel that we've seen pictures of that's I'm very impressed with. Uh, it'd be better if it was a BMW wheel, but nonetheless, uh, you've already sure, upgraded yes, just about everything so far. Yeah, and I'm, my new pedals, well, my new load cell pedals will be in. They just shipped, so they'll be in here, I think, next week, maybe early the week after at the latest. So, which ones did be... you? Which ones did you get again? I got the Thrustmaster, Thrustmaster. TLCM pedals. So I'm I'm going to be way behind, and I know you and uh, you two, uh, Bradley, will bring you into this uh, because you two are VR guys. Bradley and I talked at length about uh, VR quite a bit in the last episode, but we can kind of continue it because you're another driver that's all VR since day one, uh, and that's interesting to me. Yeah, I don't really know. Like, and I'm going to get triple monitors just for. I don't know. I could see there being times where I might not want to have the VR strapped onto my face, but uh, yeah, I've been only VR and I'm assuming that's the way I'll continue driving, but for like 90% of the time, but I'd like to have a good triple monitor set up to kind of supplement it. Yeah. I've wanted to try triples at least once. I've never actually had the opportunity to do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's an interesting perspective actually to having started out with VR. I don't know if you've ever ran any races on just a single screen, um wow so i mean it's 
I, I don't know if that's, if I should say that's a benefit or if you're spoiled from the from the get go. At least I know what it's like to start, and I know Tyler definitely knows. Um, but I mean, I wish VR had been around a lot earlier. Um, but I mean, we've we've had an in depth discussion about what I think about it. But I think you you were in agreement with me that it's it's pretty awesome. I, like I said, I bought my VR originally to to get my golf itch in the winter. <laughs> that was the only reason I bought it, and then I just kind of just happened to stumble into all this. I've tried. Uh, I tried on Bradley's Oculus, which he currently has. When he first got it, I think I helped pay for a golf uh, game for the Oculus say, Rift, yeah. and it was it was terrible. I, I oh, couldn't figure out how to swing, and I think I was just hitting the ball like a few inches every time. Yeah, I was gonna ask what game you tried because I got I got the golf club VR and yeah, I have that too. Yep, I, I can't figure it out. I always end up <laughs> dropping the club. Oh, really? It just doesn't work out. It's it had so it had such potential. So there's two. I'll just I know this is gonna go off the topic a little uh, bit yeah, from uh, sim racing, but I, I have to indulge you just a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> for something like that, there you kind of have to remember that it is a controller and that it's it does actually imitate a golf swing pretty well so like two things you have to do i find is there's a toggle button for grabbing your clubs so that you don't have to hold the button to swing you can just grab one and then just hold the base of your remote and what that also allows you to do is that there's some people either 3d printing or some other pretty creative ways just with pvc pipes you can take an old golf club break it off a couple inches after beyond your grip and you can mount it onto a controller and swing it just like a normal golf club. Interesting. <laughs> I'll have to give that a try. I haven't touched it in a couple of years. It's yeah. kind of the same thing with the sim racing, right? Having that peripheral in your hand that really does look and feel like what you're seeing inside really gives you that extra level of immersion. Yeah, I can imagine. That's. I think that's worth a try in anything, whether it's sim racing or this. Because I can tell from, and you can probably give some insight too, we have very similar rigs. I think yours is like a knockoff type version of mine, but they look exactly the same. Yeah, um, I got the GTR, and uh, the difference, the experience and immersion, you wouldn't think it's much. You look at my the rig I have it's and that you have, it's it's not the fanciest out there. It's not an 80-20, you know, really nice rig. Um, the seat is not super fancy, but just the for me, the change of sitting in a desk chair Having at least the way mine was set up, the wheel wasn't really the level it should be. It was a little bit low. Um, so it just the difference in the feel of sitting in a race car type seat, even though it's really just a, a fancy desk chair seat with no wheels. Um, the position that I'm in, the way I'm kind of stretched out with my feet on the pedals and the way that with the angled uh, pedal platform kind of pushes the pedals up, especially with the club sports. Um, I I honestly feel more like I'm in a race car. Yeah, I feel the exact same way in mine now. See, mine, luckily, though, the knockoff did come with more of, like, the bucket-style style seat. So, like, my I'm kind of, like, from my hips to my knees, there's a slight angle up, and then my feet go down towards the pedals. So it's really comfortable and feels really natural. Like, when you're in a certain cars, you can kind of, like, when you look down and see your legs... They kind of have the bend in them too. Like it just really mm. looks like it's you and feels like it's you. It's oh yeah, yeah it's a great experience. And I, I have to ask: uh, in VR, do you run with the uh, driver's hands on in iRacing, where you can see everything? Sorry, what's that? In VR, do you run? You know how you can toggle the driver's hands, and it will show you the driver's hands and turn the wheel. Some people, like when I used to race on single monitor, I would turn that off. Um, do you use that to kind of simulate where your hands are turned? 
Oh yeah, I, I have it on for sure. I didn't even know you could turn it off. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I run yeah. with my single large monitor. I don't even have the wheel on because I'm the way I'm sitting. I feel like my actual wheel is in place to where I can see that. So I don't even yeah, want to see. Proper I don't even want to see motion of the steering wheel. Right. In yeah, you want to see that's, your own wheel in that case for sure. Like if yeah. I had a triple monitor set up, then I would have it where like the dashboard with my with everything would be like right at the bottom of the screen. You wouldn't see the wheel at all. Yeah, I feel yeah. like you'd have to have that on with at least the wheel movement, if not the hands in VR. I feel like that would be a necessity. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I find. I just, I wouldn't, yeah, I think it would be weird otherwise. I can't imagine have, not yeah. having that on. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's weird enough it's... just not having the shift animations, which I think is kind of shocking. Yeah, that that's one thing I think uh, iRacing is a little behind compared to the other sims is just the, the little extras that are there as far as animations. Um, I've tried... I have Project Cars demo, and I tried that in VR. And although I think I definitely still prefer iRacing, um, it was pretty cool. There was rain. Um, there was a little more animation. Things were a little more fluid in VR. But I, I still think by by and far, most people say that iRacing is the most optimized for VR. It does seem to be like I tried. I've tried what Project Cars now. I've tried Assetto Corsa last night. Um, it's eye racing definitely is the best one. There's the least motion sickness that you could get from it for sure. Not that I really get it from any of them now, but it's just smoother. It just feels better. Speaking of, as we kind of went off topic, uh, you guys are both into the flight simulator, the newer one you've, I think over months here chatted about it. Uh, do you guys use VR in that or does this support VR yet? No, even though it's off topic. Yeah. It's not available for that yet. I think it's coming. Um, it's going to start out with one of the different headsets, not the Oculus. So it'll probably be after, well after into the next year. But yeah. uh, as of right now, I don't know about you, Rob, but my computer would probably explode if I tried that. No, it's, it's I, no, it doesn't. My computer wouldn't run it on VR. And from what I understand, if you have a good enough graphics card right now, you can do like what they call the poor man's VR for it where you just go into like your Oculus home or whatever and put up your computer screen and stretch it out to where to scale. Oh, yeah. It's like you're watching like a hundred inch TV kind of thing. And then you look around and your head tracks in the VR set just because you're in, in it. Right. So it's kind of like VR, but it's not, if you have a good enough graphics card, you can do that. But mine wasn't able to, I tried it a couple different ways. Um, and I'm pretty sure that they're, from what I understand on that, it's going to coalesce. Like the support for VR is going to coalesce with the release of the HP Reaper G2. Yeah, that's my understanding. Is they're they're pairing it with that device to start out, so it's probably going to be a while before all the rest of them kind of catch up. Sure. Yeah, I remember the speaking of flight simulator, uh, still off topic, but I remember the older one. Uh, I just wasn't into it as much because it was only exciting as you take off and land and the rest of it's just sitting there on autopilot it's still kind of true but it's it's a little bit better to look at (laughs) it's only exciting twice in the course of using i haven't touched it in a while because most of my time has spent racing it's so much easier to jump into your car and turn a few laps of practice and feel good about it it's a little bit harder to plan an hour-long flight (laughs) and sit your way through it and sit there and actually sit there in relative real time yeah i feel like i cheat if i fast forward so I, i try to pick uh local ones and then it's just, I mean, really the excitement is taking off and landing. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, that's what I've always thought is, uh, is that. And, uh, I mean, in a race, in a sim race, you're getting adrenaline from competing and 
getting close to people, possibly winning and placing. And I guess, and to how do you keep adrenaline going in a simulated flight, just pretending like there's some turbulence and you have to keep your passengers <laughs> smooth and safe? So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to do, uh, I'll get a plane like a 747. This is way off topic. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get a big plane. <laughs> Oh, it's lucky mine didn't join. Yeah. Um, but I'll, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'll get a big plane and just try to keep it going. Just try to keep it, uh, see what kind of crazy maneuvers. I'll do the same thing at sim racing. I'll, I got bored the other night and instead of trying to do flight simulator, I pulled up iRacing and picked up and tried some of the old cars. So I got into the, into the Volkswagen Jetta, like the 2010. I, I thought you Jetta, were going to say uh, you tried to run the Indy car on, a, on Eldora or something like that. That's actually a good idea. If it, if um, it lets you even. Yeah, I was just dusting off some of the old cars that I bought and haven't touched. Uh, the Jetta, I think we just got access to. I've tried that. It was actually pretty cool. I tried it because my personal car is a Volkswagen Jetta. Um, so I tried it at VIR, an actual track that's close to me that I could go do some track time on. Um, and it was pretty interesting. That the actual tire feel of that Jetta on iRacing felt like a street car. And the interior looked actually nice in VR. Um, I felt like everything was right, and I felt like I was in my car. I don't think I've ever driven the Jetta. I think you, I think you have it. I think either recently or not long ago they added it to the it's free, free content. Free content. Yeah, um, and I tried the RUF, which is uh, like a different. It's kind of like a Porsche, but it's uh, if manufactured it's, uh, by a different different company on a Porsche chassis, basically. If but it's free, we might have car. to we might have to run it at Christmas time. Mad Sim Racing as a team is going to do some uh, Christmas special fun runs. Well, that might be a good it, idea. So it, it certainly is free, so yeah, I would I would be interested in running an, a legitimate race in that car because it's I mean, other than it being I think it's the TDI, which is the the more sporty version. Um, there's nothing much to it. I mean, it's like racing a a street car. So um, I would be definitely interested to race that car at like VIR or somewhere. Yeah, those are inter- oh man, that would if that drives like the Mazda or somewhat like the GT4, that's going to be it's a lot tricky than the GT4, at VIR. It's a little more like the Mazda. I enjoyed it at VIR actually, the way the curves are. Um, I just I fly off the track at VIR. I, see, I, I fly I, off I the send track it. at Mid Ohio, which is your local track. Yeah, I've actually gotten the hang of VIR. It's not that not that difficult. There's just a life. You slide off. There's a ton of grass that you can. End That's up the on. problem. You yeah. end up way far out. But and my especially when I drive uh, the GTE and and some of those more, I don't know how you describe it. Like they have more downforce. They just they feel right. They hug the corners. You can kind of uh, get in there pretty quick. You drive it that those often are the LMPs. And uh, then you switch to the GT4 or the Mazda, and, and you definitely feel like you're going to slide off the track, and your braking's all off, and it's definitely tricky. Sorry about that disturbance there. <laughs> yeah, Rob's like back with dogs, us. Though. I knew that would happen someday. <laughs> uh, so we're talk- we were just talking about driving uh, different. Uh, brother was talking about testing the Jetta, uh, and talking about kind of the difference of the GTEs, the GT4s. Uh, some of those different road cars talking about uh, I was talking about how much I'm push off track at VIR Bradley's talking that he's comfortable with it and uh, tracks like that I know we've got the BMW Sim Cup 120 at Interlagos this uh, coming up this weekend um, here on the 8th I think it is and uh, that's a pretty cool event all BMW event and uh, it's a pretty big difference between the GT4 obviously the GTE 
Oh, even just GT4 and GT3, but I like that. It's weird that it's, you would think, like, the GT3 and the GT4 are, like, should be easier to drive, but since it has those things, like, whether, like, I know the GT3 is, like, your ABS and your traction control and things like that, it's, like, it takes away some of the feel of the car, and it's just, like, when you don't have those things, you're kind of forced to really make the car do what you need it to, right? I just feel like I have, I'm more connected with the GTE than other things, where in the GT3, I might be able to push something that I wouldn't be able to in the GTE. Yeah, yeah I think so, too. Uh... To kind of compensate. Yeah, definitely. Um, that makes me actually brings me to a thought of something I think we've all been enjoying lately, which is the Michael Fassbender series on uh, YouTube from Porsche, where he's trying to become inter, uh, 24 Le Mans, and he's been running in the uh, German Porsche GT3 Cup and then the European Le Mans series. And I think one of his comments in real life uh, with somebody with as much experience as we do in sim racing, as he probably does in a real race car, he commented on the difference from going to the Porsche GT3 to the to the RSR uh, GTE car uh, that it felt so much better. It felt so much more connected to the road, and he just was enjoying it a lot more than the technically more novice car. Yeah, it's just yeah, it just must be the way it is, right? Yeah, I mean, it seems universal even in real life um, yeah. that the, just the feel of the car is oh, so much better in GTE. Should have came out today, shouldn't it? Actually, yeah, I think Fridays. I, I need to check on it because they're yeah, relatively short after. episodes. Yeah, they're perfectly uh, short and easy to digest. I started watching those also, and they they're very well done, and they kind of they make you want to become a gentleman driver. and And that concept is pretty interesting if you obviously get the the financial resources to be able to do that. Yeah, that's obviously where he's coming from. But he obviously knows about it, has liked motorsport for a long time, and I mean, it's definitely not. He's not messing around. I mean, you see what Dempsey, Patrick Dempsey could do uh, competing in in all kinds of 24 hours of Daytona, bringing a lot of attention to it. Certainly not a bad thing for, for endurance racing and sports car racing. No, he's, he's a lucky guy to be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we – I mean, it, it kind of makes me want to try the uh, Porsche Cup. And I racing, but I also I feel like I'd be dipping too many toes at that point. Yeah, I know Bradley was saying he uh, wants to be a Porsche guy after watching Michael Fassbender. I think you're getting developing a little <laughs> bit of a man crush, probably <laughs> watching too much of Porsche, that. The Porsche promotion, not necessarily that, but they just keep throwing Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. It all looks so lovely and sleek. That's the yeah, it's the point of it. It's the Porsche uh, company Facebook or uh, YouTube profile posting these videos. You know they're they're. Uh, Happy to have Fastbender doing oh, yeah, that for They want you to think, well, I can be Michael. I can be just like Michael Fastbender. I'll go buy a Porsche. Yeah, exactly. I like I like the one in the videos uh, where he's driving one with a wing, like his personal car is set up just like the race car, <laughs> and he's driving that on the street, which you can actually find. I found one not too far from me for sale, actually, for almost a hundred grand. It's oh, literally Jesus. a street GT3 Porsche. 911 with the with the tall wing and everything with a tag on it you could drive it down the street so bradley's going to sell every possession he has and then go into even further debt and, and buy this Porsche. say i'd still come up short yeah yeah but um yeah the bmw uh speaking of that where it'll be at interlagos this will be my first run on it on uh, interlagos i just picked up the track this week uh, to test for it so i'm going to be a little short on practice i'm 
just now I just got to know the track, but it is interesting the way the views of the track are interesting. I, that's on a single monitor. Uh, I can imagine it's probably not too bad in the VR. Yeah, I, I'm really digging this track to be honest. So I'm I'm really excited for Sunday. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's been a while since I've run it. I'm not going to be running the the BMW Cup this weekend, but it's been a, a little while. But I do agree. I think the elevation changes, especially that sweeping corner past the top little straightaway. Um, it's it is a fun track. I I wish I could be there to race it. Yeah, I've got fond memories of Interlagos way back. And uh, as speaking of Formula One, as Lewis Hamilton is all over the news and just Mr. Formula One right now, I remember back uh, when Hamilton won his first championship in the the uh, Vodafone McLaren Mercedes, and it came right down to that late race at, at Interlagos uh, in Brazil between he and Felipe Massa. And it was Massa's uh, race to win. He won the Grand Prix. And uh, I think a late race pass by Lewis uh, earned him the championship, but it came right down to the wire. It's one of the, it was my uh, first season of Formula One to watch it and follow the whole season. And I haven't seen anything as exciting as that since. But every time I, and I think it started raining in that race and it, it started dry and just one of the best uh, races I've seen considering all the drama. Oh, it was such a good race. I still remember whenever Lewis pitted and they put him on the intermediates. Yeah, yeah. And they were just waiting. Like, they were just banking. Like, it has to rain now. If it doesn't rain, like, this is over. And yeah. he just got it. He didn't even get the rain that he needed because he didn't really repel him. Whoever that guy was that he passed at the, the last corner there coming onto the straight, he was his car must have been having engine trouble or something. Yeah, that's what it was. Crawling. Yeah. Yeah, it was Massa's hero moment. I mean, here he was at this uh, leading the whole race, winning the race, if I recall correctly, just about to go in glory and win the championship by that little margin, and and right there at the end, in the cl- under the clouds and the the little bit of rain, Lewis pulls out his championship. And I was a Lewis fan that whole uh, season. I jumped on the bandwagon as a, a new fan. Obviously, he wasn't a seven-time champion or anything like that at the time, but. Uh, I was brand new to F1. Uh, I really got locked into F1. I think it was that it must have been that same season at Spa. It was my first uh, race to watch at Spa as well. And again, it rained, and it was uh, Kimi in the the, uh, Ferrari against uh, maybe it was Lewis or somebody else, probably Lewis at the time. And uh, they had to change tires, and they kept spinning in the rain and, and swapping the lead and spinning again and swapping the lead. And I'd never seen that anything like that as a NASCAR fan. Had never really given F1 the time of day. And that just sucked me in that whole season. Yeah, that really was great. I'm still, my original uh, memories of, of F1 would have been the old Jacques Villeneuve days. Yeah, as a, as a Canadian, I'm sure. We, uh, we had to have you set us straight on uh, the circuit name. What would Bradley call it? Uh, circuit Giles, Giles Circuit Giles Villeneuve. So it's what? It's Circuit de Gilles Villeneuve. De Gilles. Oh, that's proper. Because Bradley like said Bradley Jill said Giles, and I said uh, Gil or Galay. <laughs> I'm assuming they'll rename. Well, hopefully they'll rename it someday. Like kind of like yeah. uh, Enzo Adino Ferrari. <laughs> oh, yeah. have like a, a, a gilet jacques villeneuve circuit. yeah yeah but 
Yeah, just uh, speaking of F1, that was just, uh, as I think of Interlagos and think of that first season and just the rain, the, the effect of the rain. You guys think we'll ever see rain in, in iRacing? How, how's that for a hot hot take? We'll see it soon. Soon? Yeah, soon. You know, the iRacing meme. What, hashtag soon? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, with A lot of people say with the new, which I've not tested it, the new tire compounds they added for the F1 car. Uh, which I've not touched, um, that that opens the door for it. I honestly don't know. I don't know if they're working on it. Um, if so, I mean, we never thought we'd see dirt. So, I mean, here we you never know. I mean, if iRacing exists to infinity, which, I mean, it's it's not going anywhere, so it'll, it'll eventually be on their list. Oh, you got Dale Jr. on the uh, on the staff now, officially. Yeah, for the Oval this side, week. Though. He's not touching the, the roadside from what yeah, I read. Yeah. Speaking of, you bring up the F1, the tire compounds. Have either of you guys tried that at all? I don't own the McLaren. I, I will, yeah, I'll throw that out there. Yeah. I uh, I recall back, obviously, in my history of, of iRacing, I've had a, a several-year gap uh, and just got back to it this past February, of course. Uh, so I remember when the Williams first debuted in Spa. I remember it was a Christmas. Bradley and I picked that up. And, and on Christmas Day, drove the Williams F1 car at Spa. I was a huge F1 fan still at the time, uh, some years into it. And that was exciting. But I, I, I never ran any kind of official or league race. I've never competed in, in either the Williams F1 car. I haven't even driven or purchased the McLaren. Uh, it seems like the popularity for it went down. And then I uh, was out of iRacing for a while. So I don't know anything about how those compete, how they handle. I don't know if I'm missing out. Maybe so. It's I don't know. I haven't bought the the McLaren, but it's I don't know, kind of complicated. I'm assuming to some degree because I'm a I'm like I said um, you could buy it and just hop in and drive it, but it really gets down to the strategy of not only the tires at that point, but then also managing your your hybrid battery system. So okay, ERS or whatever you want to call it. So it's. I'd like to have it, but I think it's a while before I'd be even close to being able to be competitive in it. Yeah, so that so that's where me, like Bradley and I bought the the Porsche. Uh, yeah, that's what I was LMP one, and that's gone yeah. to waste. We've we entered one race together in that thing at Monza, and it was a disaster for us. Uh, we were we were not competitive in the least, and it just was. Yeah, it was kind of I the mean, vanity of driving it, and that's about it. And and that vanity of driving it, I think, only goes so far. The yeah, novelty yeah. of it. I tried, I tried it out at Le Mans, and I, I've said before, maybe even on the last episode, certainly in team communication, that I think I think we could run it at Le Mans for the 24. And have fun um, with I, it for 24 yeah, hours? I mean, it, was, it was manageable, yeah. Um, it was made for that track. It was definitely manageable. Um, I think other tracks, shorter tracks, maybe not so much, especially if it's multi-class, um, without a lot more practice because the closing rate, the handling during passing is something that I've have almost no comfort comfort and confidence in. So, I mean, it's, that's when, that's what the McLaren reminded me of. I, I did try the F1 car in, in official series and it never ended well. And it's the same with the, the LMP one. There's so much technical changes you can make to the car. I don't even begin to understand all the acronyms. So you have the McLaren Bradley. Yeah, I've, I have it. I've had it for a few years, but I've only touched it maybe two or three times. Is it, uh, and this is going to be silly, obviously, but to anyone listening that has a lot of experience in it. But for us to to kind of talk through it in our heads here, uh, I mean, is it is it exciting to drive solo in a testing session? I mean, 
how yeah. how exciting is it? I mean, any Rob can probably attest. Any open wheel car um, in VR is pretty cool. Um, and the McLaren. Oh yeah, is, yeah. I recall really trying the I mean, Delara out for, yeah. and yours. Obviously, the best one is the IndyCar, in my opinion. But yeah, open wheel in uh, VR is amazing, especially with the uh, visor tear offs and the dirt build up on it. It's just like mm-hmm. it's building up on your VR headset. Um, so I mean, it's it's cool that that car, as far as managing it. I mean, I I don't have a lot of open wheel time. I think you and Rob have done more IndyCar racing. Um, I'm not very familiar with the karting and all these little other tiered series. I know you spent a lot of time, Tyler, in Star Mazda in the, back in the day. Way back, yeah. Oh, I was yeah. I was all over Star Mazda. That was before, I think, before the Williams because obviously I, I got into yeah, road was. racing through F1. I mean, I always kind of kept an eye on the 24 Hours of Daytona and got into that. But F1 really took me away from NASCAR to an extent because you and I obviously grew up in North Carolina. We grew up uh, hardcore NASCAR fans and viewers and hated every time they went to Watkins Glen and, and Sonoma and any of that. And uh, I have completely sw- switched from that mindset. And I, I love watching road racing and get a little bit tired after watching oval racing. It's it's completely flip-flop now. And uh, yeah. And so I at that time, early in iRacing, I was doing all road. I know you were doing all oval. And I was uh, trying to unleash my inner f1 and the only open wheel option at the time was the star mazda well, now there's of course quite a bit more but uh yeah i did a ton of star mazda yeah i never tried it so i mean it's I, and i know there's a skip barber as like a, a warm-up series. yeah skip barber so, yeah yeah i can't leave them I mean, out it's, but it's a little it's, it's a little slow it's a little slow but it's a trainer car. Yeah, it's, it's competitive, but it's it's uh, it doesn't have the sound and that kind of thing. Star Mazda got that a little more, and IndyCar. Uh, I haven't run a lot of IndyCar on the road, as far as open wheel road racing, and I got the new uh, one of the new IndyCar feeder uh, cars that were released this year, and I really have disappointed myself in not running a lot of those official races. I think it was the Indy two thousand or so. I've not touched those cars. Rob, have you tried any of those, uh, the newer open wheel cars? Uh, I have, what are, okay, there's the 2000 and what's the other one? Indy Pro and USF. Yeah, I think I have the USF maybe. Yeah, I, I get them both confused because uh, I, I don't follow them in real life, the two particular series. I think the 2000 is what I have. And I, I ran a couple open races it's at Watkins Glen and different tracks and I enjoyed it. It reminded me of a of the Star Mazda pretty much. Uh, just interesting open wheel uh, racing. It's unique even on a single monitor. Yeah, I haven't uh, actually done a whole lot of official races in them or anything. Most of the open wheels I have, I'll be honest, I'll, <laughs> whenever it's like an early morning and there's F1 qualifying or something on, I'll buy or go to the track either in iRacing or some other game whether it's F1 2020 or something like I'll just find the game that has the track that they're racing at. And while they're doing like, you know, open practice or whatever on TV, I'll have it in my ears and I'll sit there and race the track at the same time. Can I get, get yourself hyped up over it? More or less. Yeah. yeah. To really kind of get a feel for what the track is. Like when I'm watching it, I, I can get, I'm seeing where they're passing. I just kind of makes, kind of connects me the whole race a little better. What, uh, how about if I racing scanned and designed Monaco? 
Is that a pipe dream? They can't even I finish. Can't even finish Long Beach. So we would like Monaco. <laughs> Long Beach is Monaco almost done. What did you say, Bradley? You said Long Beach is almost done? Yeah, did you see the picture they just released this I week? saw I saw something maybe on Reddit, but I've not seen the picture. There was a picture I saw a headline. the uh, the roundabout corner um, where it showed the scan of the Tech Trek version and then it showed the fully fleshed out version with buildings in the background, the flower bed there, the the uh, other stuff around there. There's a picture on the on Twitter. I think iRacing's Twitter or somebody's associated. Um, so it's almost done. I think it'll be here in the next build the way it was looking i mean it looked fully complete in that little clip well they can move on from that and do moniker next that would people would lose their minds they could charge probably 25 50 bucks for that (laughs) (laughs) and then everybody would buy maybe the mclaren yeah i think uh the next road track they've confirmed is hockenheim hockenheim ring i need to get uh nurburgring before i get that i believe Definitely do. I'm one of the last Mad Sim Racing team drivers uh, that does not have Nurburgring and has never driven on Nurburgring, which is really embarrassing for a road endurance team, uh, or at least a road endurance team driver. Maybe someone could explain to me what the deal is with buying Nurburgring in this game. Like, how many of them do you have to buy? <laughs> yeah, I know it's two. I, I got stuck on that too. I bought one, and it wasn't the right one. And one of the other team guys said, yeah, you got to buy both. One's the Grand Prix version and one is the, the Nordschleife. The Nordschleife. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't get that at all. That's just, yeah. Every other track just has all the configurations. It, I mean, it's it's huge. So I guess that's, I mean, the, the Grand Prix track, actually, I don't like. Um, I d- cannot figure out that part of it. The, the Nordschleife, I love it. It's incredible. And it's a lot more different than the Grand Prix version or the Grand Prix section of the track. Honestly, I would not enjoy a race just at the Grand Prix track. I mean, it's a nice look of it. I mean, everything is nice, like where the stands and the buildings are. It's an iconic track, but just super tight corners. Uh, one really, one or two notable straights. I mean, it's it's tough to figure out. It really is. I prefer the, uh, the long version myself. It's a shame that it's so long that I'm coming back to it now. Like, I bought it, but I haven't turned a single lap on it in iRacing. I used to play on the original Xbox, Project Gotham Racing 2, like a madman. <laughs> Just nonstop playing that game, racing online. Because it was like the, one, like the first online racing game I ever had. And it was just, like, mind-blowing to me that it was even a thing. And I used to race Nürburgring all the time. And I used to know that track so well, but I don't think I can remember it at all now. Yeah, that's what I have to uh, worry about. I mean, I add it all up. It's I have to pay for twice the content. I, I probably can't. It'll take me forever to learn the track. You guys, uh, a couple of you guys raced it last weekend and, and sent me pictures of driving in thick fog, which is just terrifying. And then you add the 24-hour race, you're going to drive at night. Uh, I want to get there. I want to get in the middle of it. And I'm going to do it, there's no doubt. It's just a question of when. But so far, I've had a couple of opportunities to compete there with the team, and and I've kind of sidestepped it so far. So I need to get sounds, one program. Sounds like a, a Christmas activity. <laughs> what, what, purchasing? or Yeah. Well, iRacing will be hopefully releasing, what, in December? They'll release the next endurance schedule. I mean, obviously, we know the 24-hour race will come up, but they do the iRacing, uh, the Nürburgring series that, that races there as well. So I know that's where you guys have competed. So maybe uh, Rob and myself can get out there and and expose ourselves to Nurburgring. 
And whenever the time comes, we got a few people on our, our team that seem to know it pretty well or seem confident in the track anyway. So get out there in team practice, get a couple guided laps in. Yeah, yeah. we got P6 uh, last time, me and Felipe. So. Yeah, that's not bad for, for a track there. I mean, it seems like a survival's obviously the key, and it's key in any oh, endurance yeah. race, but particularly at a place like that. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll kind of uh, wrap up this end of the apex, kind of a uh, – a uh, whip around of all kinds of different topics and things. Uh, of course, we have the MSR Road Challenge series coming up on Monday the 9th and, and every other every Monday evening uh, thereafter, uh, other than a couple of bye weeks for the holidays coming up. Uh, so we're excited about that. Check out madsimracing.com for the details on that series. If you're not already a part of it, uh, we may be putting up some previews and post-race interviews and specials regarding that, uh, probably as the series continues. And uh, with that, everybody check out the site, the Facebook, the Twitter, and uh, check out what we're doing as a team. Uh, And we're glad to have Rob here with us and on all of our future episodes. Uh, So until next time, this has been Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com. 